Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. This is Dr. Thaddeus Venture, and you're listening to the Long Box Guys. Whatever that means. the long box guys gonna do tonight brain the same thing the long box guys do every night pinky drink and talk about comics they're useless to taking over the world yes hey everybody welcome to this week's episode of the long box guys with me as always are some of my very best friends since i was a very little kid and even a couple of new friends that we picked up along the way stacy how are you and what are you drinking I'm good, um, and I'm drinking water out of Frankenstein's head. I love your Frankenstein mug. Is that a particular <laughs> kind of Frankenstein? I don't think I've ever asked that. Uh, it is, I believe, this was gifted to me by my friend Brandon. Um, it, I believe it is generic Walmart Halloween Frankenstein. <laughs> generic Walmart, that's fine. Mikey, how you doing? What are you drinking? I'm doing fine, and I am not surprised that Walmart would create its own Frankenstein monster. Uh, I'm drinking a Diet Dr. Pepper because i got to go shoot some guns tomorrow. I, I love how you said that, Mikey. Subtle, yet still pretentious. Yeah. Tommy, <laughs> how you doing? What are you drinking? Uh, I'm doing okay. I am drinking some Old Camp American whiskey. It is smooth. Because it says so right on the bottle. Right on the bottle. Right on the bottle. How are you doing, Tommy? What are you I'm, drinking? I'm doing terrific. I'm drinking some uh, Canadian uh, something or other, and uh, it's fine. I believe that's the uh, tagline. It's fine. Josh, my good friend, how are you doing? What are you drinking there? Open I'm snake. doing pretty good. Now I'm about to crack open a Ooh. juice project with Citra and Galaxy Hops. He kind of looks like his own Frankenstein, making his Frankenstein's Monster IPA. And uh, it's from my favorite treehouse. It's coming in at eight point four percent. Oof! It's a big sounds, sounds like you're going to have a good night. Speaking we'll of see. good nights, today we're going to be talking about the Black Knight. I wanted to talk about the Black Knight. You know why? Because <laughs> he is the Fire Lord of Athorian myths. He's the Fire Lord. Yes. I'm going to hold you to it, Mikey. You regularly the... gets beat, beat up by Spider Man. He's the second best. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to prove that he's that powerful new. All right. So when we're talking about the Black Knight, we are talking, of course, about Marvel Comics Black Knight. And we are not talking about the first one or the second one. We're talking about the third one, Dane Whitman, created by Roy Thomas and John Buscema. What? What? What are you going to say? We're, we're not talking about Sir Percy? The first and the second one? I, I can mention him. But I'm not going to. Fuck those guys. <laughs> Dane Whitman's ancestors. There you go, Tom. This is the original first Black Knight. Um, and his uncle was the second Black Knight. Uh, the first Black Knight, of course, uh, a knight of the round table in Athorian mythology, or at least according to Marvel. Uh, that guy was actually originally uh, created by Stan Lee in the Black Knight uh, comics. 
back for Atlas Comics before it became Marvel Comics. So when they decided they were going to update the Black Knight, the first he was a villain, uh, the uncle of Dane Whitman. And Dane Whitman ends up taking over for him and becoming a superhero by using various things uh, throughout his career. He has been a member of the Defenders, the Avengers, Ultra Force, uh, some other shit I don't remember, uh, MI3 or 13 or something like that. Uh, he's, he's been in a bunch of different teams. Uh, but he's most noted for being a member of the Avengers and Defenders. He has a long, sordid history. Uh, I would say next to Stone Boy of the Legion of Substitute Heroes has turned to stone more than any other fucking guy (laughs) in comics. Great gargoyle. He's had his powers turned against him a dozen times. Yeah, I mean, that's like saying, eh, I guess, sure. Yeah, whatever. This guy, if he didn't have bad luck, he wouldn't have any luck at all. Uh, So his powers, depending on when you're talking about the Black Knight and his long career, he's been around since 1967. He may have enhanced strength and uh, endurance. He did genetically alter a horse and give it bird wings because he's a fucking monster. Uh, he's a horse. All right. Yeah. Uh, he has been cursed with the ebony blade, which I love the description if you ever look at the ebony blade because it has a whole list of properties that it does, including disrupting magical things, cutting through things, etc. The... Uh, and it's in the Wikipedia article on it, it says all these were discovered by Whitman through scientific tests. Really? He had a scientific test to see if it would cut through a magic aura. Really? <laughs> that is not how science work. But that's all right, because the Ebony Blade is one of the coolest blades in all of Marvel Comics. Not only does it have all these incredible powers, but because his ancestor killed so many fucking people it's got a blood curse on it and this ends up driving the poor black knight insane uh trying to control the blood curse of himself so he becomes a much more interesting character when the blood curse enters into his storyline and he has tried to keep the ebony blade for himself not wanting anybody else to be cursed by the ebony blade so he's got that whole kind of like Etrigan story, right? You know, well, not not even Etrigan, like a a Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde, like you Gollum? know, what? My precious. Yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> um, he he's traveled in time back and forth uh, a bunch of times. He has been romantically involved with Valkyrie and with. Cersei from the Eternals. In fact, I believe that he has been cast, uh, at least according to rumors, uh, for the Eternals movie and will be played by Jon Snow himself, Kit Harington. So he is scheduled at some point in the future to make his cinematic Marvel debut. 
But all that being said, let's talk specifically about the stories with the Black Knight that we like. If any of you can do that, I will be very happy to hear it. (laughs) I can talk about one I read. (laughs) What you read, Tom? I read Black Knight, The Fall of Dane Whitman by Frank Thierry, Raphael Lenko, and Luca Pizzari and Kev Walker. Can I stop you for just a second and ask you this? Why'd you pick that comic to read, Tommy? Uh, because it was on Comicsology Unlimited. <laughs> that's exactly what <laughs> and it involved a Black Knight. Because <laughs> that's the one I found too, right off the bat. <laughs> so, and, so the Black Knight has taken over Weird World and made it his own. And the Avengers are coming after the Black Knight because, well, he might have killed a guy or two, or three, or many. And uh, they come into Weird World to take Dane Whitman back to the world of man to have him stand trial for his crimes. And uh, Dane Whitman's like, no, uh, I've got the I've got the Ebony Blade, and it's it's mine, and we're staying here. And they they basically beat the folks of Weird World and convince the rest of the people of Weird World that it's not worth fighting for, and they get the Ebony Blade away from. Dane Whitman and are about to take it back to the world of man and some old Hydra agents are about to attack the Avengers. Cap is overcome with the curse of the Ebony Blade and they decide to give it back to, to the Black Knight and leave him to Weird World. And that's how it ends. I believe uh, last week when we had discussed offline uh the Black Knight, I was like, just don't read that god-awful last series, and that is the one you chose to read. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Oh, I, you know what, Stacey, I'm worried that we were in the same comic. So I read that, and I also well, read... let me go first, then. <laughs> I also read a bunch of issues of the first Black Knight series. Oh, the Atlas with Comics? With Sir Percy. Oh. And uh, like a lot of the comics of that era, they were very formulaic. Sir Percy was a uh, a, a well well fitting knight and uh, had to play the buffoon and had to play a basically a scaredy cat in King Arthur's world to convince him that he was afraid to fight and he was afraid of everything to do with fighting and was in Camelot. Uh, seeking refuge because somebody had taken his lands uh, because he didn't want to fight and that he would sneak away every time there was a fight, change into the Black Knight armor, and then defend the realm and save King Arthur's butt. And that was the premise of the stories. So he's basically Zorro who had to take 45 minutes to get into his armor. (laughs) Yes. Yes, and that was the premise. Merlin created the persona of the Black Knight. He created the Ebony Blade uh, for Sir Percy. And Mordred was always plotting to take over Camelot, but they never had any proof of it. And so, therefore, Sir Percy had to always change into the Black Knight and thwart Mordred's evil plot, and he never 
Harper seemed to collect evidence of the plot and thus had to do it again the next month. So, so yeah, so those are the two basic Black Knight stories that I read. Josh, anything to add about the the Weird World? <laughs> so the Weird World storyline, um, so I think, Tom, you're a little off on the ending because Cap actually does take the sword, but it's it's a plot between yeah. him and Dane, yeah. and they yeah. fool I mean, them does... to think that Cap's been corrupted by the blade, and at the end they get to confront the villain together, and Cap understands the burden Dane bears by holding the cursed blade, even though he himself could, uh, yeah. you know, hold it for the minute. So he is essentially the, uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, the, uh, the it is the sort of the Frodo and the One Ring scenario, but uh, it's it's it wasn't a it, uh, definitely wasn't a great book. What it did have. For me, though, was uh, a little bit of uh, a splash of the sort of the uh, what was the and now I'm spacing on the name the Barbarian comic. Conan? Nope. The other <laughs> one we called Joe the Barbarian. Joe the Barbarian. So oh. Weird World sort of reminds me of a Joe the Barbarian world where everything is represented but off, and uh, it's. Honestly, I think if if the the Avengers who came in were a more recognizable team for me, rather than whatever mishmash of terrible characters uh, were currently in the Avengers at the time, it would have been an okay book. But seeing those guys like just as essentially to me unrecognizable entities, uh, I was like, eh, sort of uh, off-putting. But if it was just a story about the Black Knight himself sort of overcoming the curse. Yeah, it was good enough. So there's a crazy little uh, thing I forgot to mention about the Ebony Blade. At one point, it was replaced by a vampiric sword, and the Black Knight did not realize it because uh, it was a sentient black uh, or a sentient vampiric sword that was convincing him that the blood curse was. Uh, not that it wanted to drink blood, but that it was actually the curse. It had been replaced by Dracula, and the actual ebony blade wound up in the hands of the Black Panther. Huh. Uh, basically, the editors at Marvel did not talk to each other, <laughs> so <laughs> they had two ebony blades going in two different series, and nobody decided to say, hey... It doesn't make a lot of sense. So no somebody sense. eventually was like, oh, I'll fix it with a couple of throwaway lines in this comic book. Uh, I'm sorry. I got I got off on a tangent. Uh, I just you love. Digest. Yes. I did love when he replaced the ebony blade with the, uh, I don't know what it was called, like a neural blade. The neural blade. Yeah, where he would just tase the shit out of people with a sword. <laughs> Yeah, it was a taser sword. <laughs> yeah, I like that. That was pretty cool. That was kind of cool. Science. Science. All right, Stacy, what was uh, yours? He was, a, um, he was second in line to be scientist supreme because he was – he had a little <laughs> bit of everything. <laughs> yeah, just ask I Loki. I think he would have been a better character if he'd done that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had like a smattering of a bunch of different sciences. I mean, if you can genetically engineer a horse to have wings – and not be uh, 
you know, in constant pain. He didn't. Uh, and also create a neuro sword. It was just a sword with a taser on it. Um, you're pretty up there with the science. I mean, Tom, you came close to creating the neuro sword. A big audio dynamite? I mean, that was, that you kept shocking yourself with it, but... <laughs> Basically, I put a taser on my bed. <laughs> just well, you fool. came up with that magnetic... You came up with that magnetic buckler that you kept uh, shocking yourself with, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of it. I experimented. <laughs> Leave me be. Some people experimented in college with other sexes. I experimented with electricity. It's all good. Don't slut shame me. I'm not. <laughs> Do you want supervillains? Because that's how you get supervillains. <laughs> Stacy, now I, I believe we probably read the same comic, and you wanted to go first. Go ahead. What comic book did you read? I because I had it in my collection because I collect Defenders comics um, because I love Valkyrie. I read uh, Defenders from the seventies um, issues four through eleven. Um, is that what you read too? I read a bunch of the ones with uh, him in it because uh, okay. I have all the I have a lot of defenders here. Gotcha. Okay, so so basically, um, I liked everything in the story, um, and I won't say except Black Knight. But <laughs> to be fair, Black Knight got turned to stone in the first issue <laughs> that I read, so it was like, okay, um, I'm not going to learn a whole lot here. Um, so essentially, in the story. Um, they they end up kind of where he is. Um, Hulk's got uh, this this woman Barbara who uh, is apparently insane. I I, did, I haven't read the issue before it so, um, and they get transported back in time to the castle. They uh, end up getting captured, and uh, who should be there but old Dane and the Enchantress and uh, Enchantress ends up putting some of herself into Barbara. She becomes Valkyrie, which is kind of like uh, Valkyrie's first appearance where she is actually the Enchantress. But this time uh, Enchantress decides that she's just going to permanently give, uh, give part of herself to uh, this girl and uh but not all of her <laughs> uh so she can't hurt other women she can't uh she she's not as unscrupulous as enchantress but this is not about valkyrie this is about black knight i could talk about valkyrie for days um executioner shows up which was cool because i just watched uh thor ragnarok so i was like hey i know who that is um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Dane gets turned to stone and the rest of the issues are just kind of about them trying to figure out how do we get him to not be stone anymore. And uh, Hawkeye ends up kind of joining the defenders, except the defenders keep saying, listen, no, we're not a group. We're not the Avengers. We don't, we, we're all our own people except Valkyrie's like, but I really want to be part of a group. Um, <laughs> so uh, there's a whole mind control thing with uh, Atuma and Red Ghost. Um, they get out of that. Uh, you find out that what they think is Doctor Strange uh, contacting Dane in the interdimensional void is actually Loki. 
who's trying to help uh, Dormammu get the uh, evil eye so he can merge dimensions. So all of that was super cool. Had nothing to do with the Black Knight, really. Um, <laughs> it ends up that the Defenders and the Avengers have to team up. And there were some Avengers issues that crossed over that I did not read. Um, so I kind of got... <laughs> One of one of the issues apparently, like they merge dimensions, and then in the the next uh, Defenders issue I read, it was like, and then they got the evil eye back, and Doctor Strange was able to start to fix things. Um, <laughs> and there's a little mention of uh, Wanda's hex sphere, which you know, again, being a big fan of WandaVision, thought that was super cool to see. Uh, then they go back to the Crusades. That's where Dane is. Dane has been transported back to the 12th century um, because his ancestor that lives inside him wants him to complete his quest. Um, they end up fighting things like giant gnomes, which was super fun. It was kind of like uh, reading a D&D game. Uh, and then, um, you know, so Doctor Strange is like, hey, would you like to go back with us? And Black Knight's like, nah, I'm gonna stay. I'm good. I'm gonna serve King Richard. And uh, that's where they leave him. So they just fuck back off to uh, New York City to do do their Defenders thing and not be a group. Little known fact about... They, they fuck back off? <laughs> they fuck, yeah, they fucked back off to New York. <laughs> they went back to uh, went back to their own time. Little known uh, fact... Well, fun Alex fact. Dane Whitman, huge fan of dysentery. That's why he decided to stay in the 12th century. Huge fan. Oh, he loves it. Fan. Get enough up. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dane Whitman, what do you want It was a big story that had little to do with Black Knight. I'm glad I read it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Black Knight was a statue and, and continues to be a statue in this time. Uh, you know, except his consciousness is in the 12th century. And bonus, Valkyrie gets his horse. And the his, ebony blade for a little while. His tortured, tortured horse. Tortured. Yeah. He has an armor cleaning fetish, Mike. That's why. Oh, all right. <laughs> so back I bought all this armor all. I'm going to use it. <laughs> so back in the 70s, Black Knight rocked. Huh, yeah. I see what he did that. He, he spent a lot of the 70s stoned. Yeah. And, oh, and, and the see, that's an ad, LT. <laughs> in 1997, he's part of the Heroes for Hire, and he is gaining all his powers in the most He-Man-esque way. He has to say the word Avalon, and he gets transformed, and his armor appears. I, I imagine it's kind of like Sailor Moon, where they pan the camera around him, or he does a little circle dance, and he you know, the armor appears. And I want, you know. I want one hand up and one hand across his chest as he does it, and then a pirouette. Yeah. He's, yeah. He doesn't have the uh, ebony blade or the neural blade. He has the sword of light, uh, the shield of night, and uh, he has a another Pegasus uh, named Strider. However, this one is magical and is actually a Pegasus, not some abomination that would uh, that make God cry. Yeah, I know Pegasus is the horse's name. He's just a winged horse. Yeah, but there's no such thing as a winged horse, except for Pegasus, right? 
No, there were other winged horses. Pegasus was that winged horse's name. Oh, okay. Just Uh, Just a side note, my wife has a tattoo of a Pegasus, but it also has a unicorn horn, and it drives me fucking crazy as a D&D player every time I see it. I'm like, that is is wrong. Dude, she just gorilla glued that horn on. (laughs) I I just assumed the Buana Beast just took... Uh, getting back to the defenders, uh, a fun, uh, fun Alex fact about the uh, the uh, that particular iteration: the Shield of Night was a kinetic uh, sponge, as it was. So uh, let's say the Hulk started punching on the Shield of Night, uh, he would be absorbing all that strength, and he could shoot it out through the Sword of Light. The exact parameters have never really been shown how much he could take into that shield and shoot out of that sword. Uh, but I kind of like that better than a lot of the other um, uh, Black Knight uh, weapon combinations. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's pretty much so Bishop. Defense, 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 and then a big powerful attack. Okay. It was kind of cool, right? Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Can you I, believe? I, I, absolutely. This character, I, I really just don't give too much of a crap about. Because I never disassociate him enough from the swordsman, which we already talked about last week. I get these two confused all the time because they look a lot alike. And, um, and they, they it also much do the same thing. Trade off back and forth on being a good guy or a bad guy. So... I have trouble with it, but I did like the Defenders one, and I did like the uh, I did like the Sword of uh, Night and Light. That's the two things I can say about it. Also, he did have a lot of um, he did have a lot of tertiary or secondary characters that uh, really spun around him. Uh, he was on some teams, but he never seemed to really be part of a team. Even when he had romantic liaisons, uh, he still seemed to be his own character. Do you guys agree with that? I didn't read enough, but I, I mean, I, they did put him on every team they could find for him. And I feel like he just never found his footing or found a writer who wanted to commit something to him that was worthy or worthwhile. And so he just ended up as an Arthurian trope for a lot of folks to sort of bring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, Josh. <laughs> uh, I would also say that. This character, like Shining Knight, uh, from over in uh, the DC universe, uh, the Shining Knight held his own a lot better, I think, uh, than uh, the Black Knight did. Would you guys agree with that? Like, I care more about the Shining Knight in the DC universe, and they're basically the same goddamn character, right? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I think the Black Knight character as as a character concept is stronger because of the ebony blade. Like that makes the character much more interesting. However, I don't think there has been a comic book that has quite utilized him in the way that you would hope for the character. Although I have not read any of the ultraverse stuff for those who don't know what the ultraverse was. It was a comic book line by Malibu comics. Um, And, Marvel bought the rights to Malibu Comics and they tried to enter in the Ultraverse imprint into Marvel Comics. So they had 
Prime and the Freaks and uh, everything like that. I did not read any of those, so that might be where you know he shines. Uh, the my only contact with him is that horrible series that LT and Josh read, and then uh, the Avengers and Defenders stuff. So Josh left. He was recording, right? Yeah, that's fine. We're we're good. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was on a lot of teams, but he didn't really have a lot of impact. Right. Unless you ran into him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Stone Boy reference. Uh, um, you, just to get back to my earlier thought, though, do you guys like uh, the two characters? Who do you like more, Shining Knight or Black Knight? Shining Knight. Like Shining, Shining Knight's got more heart. Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, I don't know what the difference was, but for someone that's basically the same character, I think Shining Knight just stood out. He just he had more character development. Yeah, maybe the writing, maybe the character development. I'm just saying, um, for so two characters that were so similar, it's funny to me how much more I like the Shining Knight. Mm, yeah, that's fair. Josh, I mean, honestly, neither. Do you remember Shining Knight? What was that? Uh, you're not a huge DC guy. Do you remember Shining Knight? I do not. Well, a couple times in JSL Unlimited and stuff. Okay, but that's because you don't like JL. You know, you don't like. Uh, was he on the Pegasus? Uh, was he on the Winged Horse as well? He was. I do remember him from Justice League Unlimited. Then, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize he was Shining Knight. I had him in my brain. He had a different name, but he might have been the kind. Though. Who knows? He probably called him Sir Tristan. Yes. Maybe, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, maybe. All right, anyone else have anything else on the Black Knight? No, only the point I tried to make before my internet shitted out. Was Which that? was? I don't know. Did, like, that it was, he, was a, he was an oft-used trope by writers to bring in Arthurian legend into Marvel. That's true. Whenever they yeah. wanted to bring in Mordred or they wanted to bring in someone else, it was simple to call in uh, the, shy, the, the, uh, the Black Knight the Black Knight. Yeah. the... I I felt like he was more of a trope than a character and nobody ever really committed to writing him, but they just committed to bringing in Arthurian magic because it was cool. It was cool. And we've all seen this done better as in The Shining Knight and, of course, in In Mage. Yes. I love Mage. Moving on. Mikey, where are you at the front of the long box, my friend? So I told you before that you should get it, and I'm going to recommend it again. And I am talking about Second Coming, but I'm talking about the Second Coming of Second Coming. That's oh, no. right. Oh, no. Second Coming. Second Coming Volume Two is now out uh, at your local comic book shops. If you are not reading the story, which is essentially what if God or what if Jesus and Superman were roommates, you are totally missing out. It is an excellent series by Mark Russell, a uh, friend of the podcast, basically the sixth long box, long box guy. And he, uh, as a little bonus, I'm going to throw in there, go out and get Billionaire Island. It's now out in graphic novel form. If you didn't collect the floppies, 
check it out. I'm just going to give you an example of why we love Mark Russell's writing. Because at one point, there is – I think it's issue three of Billionaire Island. There is a uh, – spoiler, by the way, spoilers. On issue three, there is a funeral for a CEO who was killed. And as everybody's coming in, they're talking to the guy, one of the guys, and they keep on saying, sorry for your loss, sorry for your loss, sorry for your loss. But then they fl- the artist switches the point of view – so you can see the the guy, and above him is the stock ticker showing that the company's price has dropped. And that's what they're all referring to as sorry for your loss. <laughs> so, yeah, fucking Billionaire's Island. You, if you're not reading it, come on. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Come on, man. Come on, son. That sounds like a strong, strong one. Hey, man, this is Kevin Smith, uh, Silent Bob from all those terrible Jane Silent Bob type pictures, and you are listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box, comics talk for comics fans. Tommy, do you have something equally as strong at the back of the long box? I don't, because this week I did something different. (sighs) See, this week, my good friend Tommy... On Facebook, put a, a request out for songs for a playlist because he wants to do the Cannonball Run. Oh, I'm doing the Cannonball Run this year. So I did a deep dive into my music collection, and I came up with about 60 different songs that might be candidates for Tommy's playlist. <laughs> well, please send those to me, but give me like the top five. <laughs> no, no, no. I shared a Google Drive <laughs> folder with you with you that has about 66 songs in it for you to peruse, listen to, and see if they make the cut. Long-time listeners know that I love shitting on my good friend Tommy, but he has the best taste in music of anybody I know. Like, we go into a band anywhere in Boston, and they look over like, hey, Tommy. And they're not talking to me. They're talking to Tommy over there. Uh, so uh, I, I can't wait to look at the list. G- give me a couple. Give me, like, three. So based on the musical selections that you had on your playlist, uh, I was thinking it, it had a lo- little bit of a country twang. A little bit. A decent amount of your songs. So I was thinking... Water in the Fuel Tank by Fred Eaglesmith. Good song, great song. I was thinking that. Uh, I was thinking you did not have any Johnny Cash on there, which I thought was a mistake. It is a mistake. <laughs> I was thinking when the when the man comes around. Okay. Or maybe uh, or maybe something older even. Oh, I got to put Ring of Fire out there now that I'm thinking about it. I wasn't even thinking Ring of Fire. I was thinking maybe Rock Island Line, but uh, but anyway. Oh, and I've been everywhere, man. It's a great road song. Mm-hmm. But anyway, there's there's about sixty six songs out there for you to listen to. Well, thank you. So there's about four hours of music for you to listen to. <laughs> I appreciate to see, that. Those, to see if they make the cut. For those of you who don't know, the uh, the Cannonball Run is a uh, road race uh, from Maine to California. Uh, I'm doing it on a scooter. It's going to take me about 10 days. So I need a playlist that's about 30 or 40 hours long so I can rotate it between days. 
So I only hear every song maybe two or three or four times. And uh, Tommy, that's a, it's a great head start on that road list. I got, I got about 50 songs on there already, but thank you very much, sir. And I'm sure almost all your songs will make the cut because you have great taste in music. But that's a little tangential to what we're talking about. Josh, you're the king of tangents. What do you got for us this week? I was trying to think of something, and uh, I was uh, – one of the things I've recently got back into is shooting. I picked up my LTC. I bought its first gun I have owned in a very long time. I finally got to the range last week. Uh, I shot. Uh, I immediately uh, understood and saw – my the error of my uh, of my physical shooting low and to the left and uh, and have to correct. But what is an activity uh, that you have sort of left behind that either you want to pick up a, back up again or that you've picked up again recently and are happy that you did? Maybe it's something uh, you know pandemic wise you didn't have time for and now it's back in your life. What do you got? What are, what are people doing that you had set down a long time ago and you have recently picked up? Are you going to play it for us, Tom? I've always wanted to learn to play the banjo. And I've been taking lessons every week uh, by a very nice girl. Uh, uh, Tommy, do you remember an, an Irish band called the Magpies? Yep. She's a member of the Magpies. Her name is Polly. Nice. She's one of the Magpies, and I take lessons every week. And uh, my father, uh, who I seldom talk about, uh, was a professional musician. And uh, I always thought that it skipped a generation <laughs> because I have no musical talent whatsoever. Uh, but I've always wanted to learn the banjo, and I've been practicing pretty hard. And I'm almost uh, – I can almost play songs that people can almost – recognize which is huge for me uh so that's one of the things that during this pandemic i i decided to try a little bit harder to do which was play my banjo what's here i want some uh how about a little bit of um uh, 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 uh i can play shortbread a little bit or i'll play uh anything that's fair use yeah oh it's gotta be fair it's gotta be fair use so you can't play it uh, drunken sailor. Whoa, what do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? What do you do with a drunken sailor? Where I am the boy. Almost recognizable. That's as well close played. as I get. But it makes me insanely happy that I can get it that close. Beat that, guys. <laughs> Tommy, how about you? You picked up anything or done anything? Uh, I, I bought some more iPods and ripped them apart. <laughs> Tommy, you are incredibly too cool about this. Tommy uh, over there uh, is an expert at refurbishing. I'm and not getting... an expert, but... But I, I like messing around with the iPods. He can get old iPods to do incredibly weird things if you ask him to. Uh, he can refurbish old iPods. How many gigs can you put in an iPod? 
Um, you can get them up to about two two terabytes now. So you can cram two terabytes in an iPod. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, they're it's pricey to do, but the you have to change the operating system if you want it up that big. But and and this is all stuff you can do. Yeah, Tom, you you're 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 too. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, you, you, that's incredible to me. That's really cool. I can't wait for you to make one for me. So when I'm on my well, trip, I mean, well, I've made one for you. <laughs> and I'm somewhere where I can't get Pandora and still listen to music. Uh, but yeah, I really, I find that very, very cool. Uh, and what's the biggest one you made? Uh, I have not made one that big. I've made one about uh, 700 gigs. Um, because, well, that's right around the size of my music library, and I feel like uh, dishing out the big bucks for the large um, micro SD cards. Because well, they, they know, start I'm... getting really expensive when you start buying the big, big cards. Well, let's pretend for a second that I don't know how much memory 700 gigs is. Give me, like, a rough estimate of how many songs that might be. A year. <laughs> so you oh, could wow. just for a full year of songs and not have a repeat. Yeah. That's pretty cool, Tommy. You're selling yourself short, man. That's pretty cool. How about you, Mikey? What are you picking up? I have gotten back into um, writing an adventure uh, because I will be soon coming back to New England. I am working on a space RPG uh, adventure for you guys that I'm designing on my own. Soon. Soon. Soon, is that an adjective we're using? It's it's all relative, though, right? (laughs) How long you haven't been in New England? For a mountain, it is almost immediate. For a fruit fly, it is forever. (laughs) It's Zen on the shit, Mikey. (laughs) Uh, what kind of adventure, Mikey? Uh, D&D, I'm guessing? Nope. Space adventure. Ooh, space adventure. We played a lot of great space adventures with you. Yeah, Let me I, ask this, Mikey. How fast are you going? It's not, the question isn't how fast am I going. The question is how fast can I go? Damn right it is. <laughs> but I, I wanted to do a space adventure because Josh is always the one who's DMing us when we do space adventures and I thought I wanted to give him a chance to actually enjoy RPGing in a, a sci-fi adventure. And I think I can hook LT into playing it as long as I make sure that there's a Wookiee available. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've only DM'd one game successfully for you boys. And that was the spy adventure. Would you guys like me to do that when you come back? Top Secret. I'm, I'm on yeah, for on I'm Top in. Secret. I love Top Secret. That was a fun game for I'm, me. I'll be much better at the Spycraft now. <laughs> <laughs> That's sure I'm going to help you up my game. Stace, how about you? Have you been uh, doing anything new? Um, so I, I do this about once a year. Uh, I I love to do, like, hand embroidery, um, and I'm doing one for a, a friend's baby. And, uh, so I, I pick it up. I I did one for an art show last year and I, of course I did it and I got really excited. I was like, Oh man, I'm going to start doing this again. I do it all the time. And, 
um, it, you know, usually do it like while I'm watching TV or something. And I, I'm just really bad at keeping it going. <laughs> um, so I, I think I can keep it going this time. I have some ideas for some stuff. I, I did, uh, what I did for the art show last year was a star Wars one. Um, my, my friend Todd did a walrus man themed show. And so I did an embroidery piece of walrus man's arm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it, it's just a, it's a thing that's, it's relaxing and, uh, I like doing it. I just don't have a good track record of keeping, <laughs> keeping up with it. My, uh, oddly, my wife has a great walrus man tattoo on her calf. So I'm Mr. Wumpus. Cool. It, it, uh, it, in recognition of our uh, um, uh, our Alcatraz swim, because it was so cold and there were so many uh, sea lions. I don't know why she went with yeah. walrus, but uh, yeah. <laughs> sea lions are bitches. Sea lions are kind of like walruses. Uh, I think that's everybody. Josh, you, uh, how are you doing with the gun? Uh, so I... Definitely very consistently shooting low and left. Uh, my groupings are really tight. And my my quick shots, uh, I went through you know two clips as fast as I could fire, are actually a little better than my aim shooting. So I know there's just, just that one thing. I've gotten a bunch of recommendations on how to correct that, the low and left. So um, there's really three or four things to look at. I'll try to I'll go back to the range. I'll try different corrections and see how they turn out but no it was fun it was good to get out and just um and, and just uh have something to you know consume some time and it's good it's fun well you can always ask me remember i did make marksman <laughs> <laughs> for those of you not in the know marksman is the level in the military that you can get where they'll say okay we'll let you stay but you suck <laughs> And I find it funny that they call that marksman. Yeah, sharpshooter is the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sharpshooter. And then it was the expert? Yeah. yeah. Fun Alex fact, what two weapons did I make expert in? Mikey? Hand grenades? Yep. M203. 203. I did make expert in both 203 and hand grenades. For some reason, the geometry of hand grenades and 203s make way more sense to me than... Uh, which should be harder, but they weren't. So lobbing shit is your is your jam. Lobbing shit is my jam. Right. I'm a good lobber. By the way, I'm just gonna say this. Uh, watching the fucking subtitles of this episode while we're talking is fucking amazing. And uh, love action is my jam is what came up from that. And uh, I'm sticking with that. You should stick love. with that, Tom. I'll, I'll make sure. You love made an expert in love action is your jam. Damn right it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Stacy, I'm hoping you have a toy for us today that we can talk about. And love I, action is your jam. Keep that in mind when you're talking about toys. Yeah, right. <laughs> Grab some batteries for toy this is. Is your jam. Uh, I got a two for one this week. I was inspired Ooh. by by my uh, Defender story that I read. So I have uh, I have Valkyrie. These are, oh, these are awesome. Marvel Legends. Oh, who made that um, Yeah. So this is uh, Hasbro Marvel Legends. Um, this was the first Valkyrie they did. Gosh, she's probably at this point like 
10 years ago or so. Um, They've since done one that was based on the uh, Fearless Defenders version. So she's a lot bigger. She's um, also cool. And then uh, I have Enchantress. Oh, that's a the spell effects are cool. Are they? I assume they're glowing. Yeah. Uh, no, they're not. They should be. Really? Uh, they look yeah. Like they're so, that translucent material that would obviously be glow in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> so, fun fact about these: um, there are a lot of female figures. Well, I guess probably male figures too that come with these. Um, Dazzler has rainbow versions. They they love Hasbro loves to reuse those. Um, but yeah, so. That's uh, Valkyrie and Enchantress. Well, I, I did have a Black Knight figure, uh, but we got rid of it. <laughs> uh, it was actually just a rock. Do you mean like you burned them in a fire pit? You blew them up or you sold them in a tag sale? It'd be awesome. Sold it really or traded it for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy, please go out and home. find a rock um, and take a random sword and put it, uh, tape it to it, and then post that on your Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, this is Black Knight. Um, Black Knight. No, but it's it's actually the the picture that uh, Josh, I think you put in the chat from last week when we were talking about doing uh, the topic. That that's the Hasbro Marvel Legends Black Knight figure, and he right. came with three heads. So to to be all of the the different Black Knight versions. Well, this just yeah, better than one. No, it should have been. That was a missed opportunity. That would have been great. Um, yeah. <laughs> so where can people see photos of the Enchantress and Valkyrie? Uh, well, when I remember to post them, uh, you can go to my Instagram, which is at Geeky Vixen. Or if uh, you send them to Tom, he will post them on our Twitter, which is at the long box, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. If you actually send it to me. <laughs> and if you actually post them. <laughs> or you could probably go over to our Patreon page and you would not see it at all. But for a mere $1 a month, this is where you guys react. $1. Oh, wait, I should tell you what you get. That's right. I'm sorry. That's my yeah. bad. For a mere $1 a month, you get an extra podcast. Every week we decide to do a podcast. And all the money that we raise for that goes to the Elizabeth Peabody House Food Bank. Uh, so you are not actually just lining our pockets. You're actually helping feed people. So it's patreon.com slash the long box, guys. The bonus podcast is the Geek Leak. It may be a slow drip for you, but it is a it burns for us. And we talk about all the non-comic book geeky things that we have been doing that week. That is absolutely correct. Yeah. And one other thing that we sometimes talk about is my 318. Are you guys ready for a 318? Give it to us. Yeah. Shoot. Hawk the Slayer, three to eighteen. Probably, when I was a kid, my favorite, closest I could get to a Dungeons and Dragons movie of all time. Damn right. I will give it a seventeen, uh, only because Stop. it ruined my version, my my viewpoint of how many arrows an elf could fire in one round. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that damn murder elf could fire a lot of arrows. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you got? We're sitting on the edge of our seat, Tommy. Uh, I'm going to say it's been a hell of a long time, so I'm going to say 14. All right, fair. Because it probably hasn't aged well. I don't know. I saw just a, I, I, I bought it. And I, yeah, I know you bought it. it. <laughs> but but you, uh, you, you have a much more generous taste in, in movies. I mean, it was a I, bad movie back when we watched it as kids. Like, yeah, yeah, it's still bad. Oh, yeah. It's elevated, of course, by some it, of the acting. It's no Lady Hawk. No. It's no Lady Hawk. Josh, what do you got, buddy? So, Hawk the Slayer. Clearly, it didn't age well. There's a huge nostalgia factor here. And a, a massive part of that is, of course, the person who plays the villain, Jack Palance. That's like, right. This is not yeah. a place you expect to find Jack Palance. When you first see him as the villain, you think to yourself, that can't be Jack Palance. <laughs> Jack Palance was hungry because he chews up every scene he's in. Oh, he <laughs> was starving. He was starving. <laughs> and Jack Palance's villain name is Voltan. Voltan. One of the greatest villain names of all time. One of the greatest fucking villain names of all time. And one of the great curses of all time. His eye is gouged out by his love rival and it Burns, it burns, but the only person that can see who can quell the burn are bad guys. So, in supplication, he goes to the bad guys and they relieve the pain of his swollen, broken eye, but make him in their thrall. So, I want to make something super clear to our listeners this is the absolute worst movie I will ever give an 18 to. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it's the wow. worst movie. But in, in in just pure fucking nostalgia, I cannot deny uh, the power of, of Hawk the Slayer. Wow. And I only give it a 17. That is awesome, Josh. Terrible. <laughs> the worst 18 of all time. Part of me just, just has to say, well, it's not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Stacey, have you seen this thing? I have, uh, but I didn't see it as a kid. I saw it as a riff tracks. Oh, <laughs> yeah. it must be fun as a riff tracks. It was a lot of fun, and so I will give it a fifteen because I can tell it's not a good movie, but it's my kind of bad movie. Um, yeah. And also, you know, you got Mike Nelson and and the guys uh, making fun of it, so. You know, I think Josh things. is the first one who's coined it for me. He said, this thing should be called Hawk the Mass Murderer. <laughs> because yeah. they're like just kind of walking around and he just goes through. That's right. Yeah, a lot of indiscriminate killing. There's a lot of indiscriminate killing. I think Hawk the Slayer, it, the only reason he got a 17 is because my favorite bad movie of that whole ilk is Sword and Sorcery, starring Lee Hornsley with the Tri-Sword wow. and Richard Maul oh, yeah. as the villain. Oh, the Tri-Sword. Yeah. Three swords have to be better than one sword, right? Exactly, right. Like, you like Conan? How about a less muscular Conan? <laughs> 
I have to go crawl in that in that in that world. Crawl's cool. Like I, I crawl's up there, but crawl had a little too much going on for it. Like it's 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 uh, it's if I rem- of course this is a long time ago, but I thought its special effects were really cool. Some of the special effects it has been a long time. The time. It has been yeah, but also have Liam Neeson. Yeah. Well, that's 1980. What two also? Three, 1983. Yeah. yeah. And it was also uh, like highly poignant. There were Cyclops, and the Cyclops, their backstory is, as a race, they gave up one eye so they could see the future. And the way they got fucked over is they can only see the day of their own death. Yeah. That's dark, man. That's dark. That's dark. dark. So they're blind except for they keep on seeing their own death every time they open their eye? Oh. No, they have one good eye. They gave up their second eye to see the future, but the only future they're allowed to see is the day of their own death. So a Cyclops joins Cull, and a cave is collapsing, and the Cyclops is propping up the cave. He's like, go, go, go. He goes, no, you'll be killed. He goes, I know. (sighs) (laughs) Of course he knows. He knows when he dies. Of course he knows. Fucking brilliant. Why wouldn't he stay out of caves? I know. Avoid the cave, dude. I mean, I would have if I was Hodor. I would never have gone near a door. Well, yeah. Hodor is different. Spoiler. <laughs> but but why? No. Hey, I'm going to be kicked to death by a mule. Oh shit! I'm not going to be near mules. <laughs> Which is funny. Right. The guy, the Cyclops, who's going to get kicked to death by a mule, starts murdering every mule he sees. Which is why the mules decide to extract vengeance on him for all yeah. the ones that he killed. Oh my God! This story is writing its fucking self. <laughs> it it sounds like how they wrote so off bad. the Slayer. I mean, I, I I say we start writing this, and and we just have a. Uh, a statue of a dude in the background, so that way we can always tie in Marvel Comics Black Knight to it. That's oh, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Black Knight statues. Yeah. It's all part of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess that one just applies. Anyone got anything great to plug? I'd like to thank Kirby Crackle for providing our geek rock music every week. You can check them out at kirbycracklemusic.com. And, of course, our fellow podcasters over at whosnextgaming.com. You can check them out for all your gaming, comic book, movies, sex robot needs. I would like to thank, uh, as Mike mentioned earlier, uh, Space Campaigns, sectorswithoutnumbers.com. I know it's a long URL sectors without numbers a guy who takes a massive database of variables and procedurally generates entire universes for people to play in if you are running a space campaign go there find it and love it i'd like to uh give a shout out to geekorthodox.com 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 Hello, Tammy. Geekorthodox.com purveyors of fine t-shirts and other geeky things such as baseball tees, baseball hats, Johnny Skywalker rocks glasses, stained glass prints, socks, you name it, they got it. Geekorthodox.com 
I would like to give a general warning. Now, normally we 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 promote something, but I want to warn people about something. I went today to a gym today to hire a personal trainer. I was talking to the trainer for a while, and I noticed that a lot of people in the gym weren't wearing any masks. And I said, "Hey, do people have to wear masks here?" And he said, and I quote, "COVID has no power here." And I said, "Okay," and left. Uh, that's Bay State CrossFit, folks. Bay State CrossFit. Go there for the COVID. Stay there for the stupid science. Bay State COVID. <laughs> so I actually do have something to plug. Um, I I did a guest spot on a podcast last week. Um, it is the Wizards Comics pod, Wizard Comics podcast. Uh, you can find it on the RetroNetwork.com. Uh, the premise of the show is that they are systematically going through Wizard Magazine issue by issue. And uh, so the episode that I did last week was an episode about uh, the magazine where the, the cover story was Beavis and Butthead Comics. So I took a deep dive into Beavis and Butthead Comics and realized cool. I do not have enough of them in my collection because uh, they're awesome. Um, so yeah, it, it was super fun. Like we just went through the magazine and it was a nice little time travel through comics, uh, in the nineties and how much Mark Silvestri thought he was going to sell all of his properties, uh, for movie rights. Um, <laughs> that was a super fun part of it, but, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's an awesome podcast. So check it out. Like I said, it's, uh, on the retro network.com and it's called the wizard comics podcast. And if anybody out there is a huge Mark Silvestri fan and wants Shadowhawk, I can hook you up. <laughs> so I was a sucker and bought that stupid image comic. So bad. So bad. No, it's, it's fine. So it's bad. fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's all in the past. And those of you who don't know, Wizard Magazine was... Uh, well, first, magazines are things that used to be in stores that would tell stories. It was kind of like the Internet before the Internet. And you couldn't – if you wanted to read about comics without actually reading comics, you could buy this magazine, which would tell you about the comics that you couldn't afford because you spent your money on the magazine. It would also tell you how valuable uh, your comics uh, collector cards were. Yes. Yeah, which is and, not very much, and uh, always overinflated prices on your comics too. Because, I mean, your comic is only valuable as much as somebody is willing to pay you for your comic book. We all find out that the hard way. So, if anybody <laughs> needs a copy of X Men number one, um, you can find them any dollar bin because it was they sold over a million copies of it. Yes, they did. Oh, but hey, on a totally unrelated note, I am only 39 issues away from finishing my Uncanny X-Men run. Wow. Good idea. Yeah, I'm never going to be able to fucking afford Uncanny X-Men number one. Yeah, you are. How much is it? Uh, I mean, it's probably going to end up costing me a couple thousand dollars. I mean, I yeah, I can afford it. Uh, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars on a fucking reader's copy, but eventually I will get it. You'll get a reader's I, I bet you can get a reader's copy for 200 
Uh, no. You know what? Challenge accepted. I'll find a way to have it for 200 Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Good luck yeah. with that, man. You can't even find uh, any of the first five for under 200 Let me look through my collection. You never know what I got in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, does anyone else have anything else to add? It's a negative, Ghost Rider. Well, uh, well, I guess that would just lead us to this. Mikey. Sweet, sweet Mikey. What's this podcast like to you? It's like Drunk History, but for comics. Josh, your house with your dogs. Is that your sector? Still my sector. And Still, old and strong. Good man. man. <laughs> Stace, any words of wisdom for us? Um, yeah, just... I, I say it all the time, but just be kind, be nice to people. It's been a rough several months. We're we're coming up on March twenty twenty one, and uh, hopefully it's not as long as March twenty twenty. Damn right, it's almost my birthday. Tommy, sweet sweet Tommy, what do you have to say, buddy? I know there are some people out there that are apprehensive about getting the COVID vaccine, and to those people, I say, just do it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. And don't forget what I always say. Don't diss what you hate. Just promote what you love. You're going to live longer. Thank you so much from the Long Box, guys. (laughs) 